الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من لم يدع قول الزور والعمل به فليس لله حاجة ان يدع طعامه وشرابه او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم موسس فتوى مايكرام قدس النلز دايت اوف ذا قران شريف ذات واز ريسايتد Probably every single person is by now Hafiz of it who has not Hafiz before. You would have heard this ayat being recited over and over again from before the month of Ramadan and throughout these Mubarak days that we have been passing. And it is something we should go on reflecting upon till the last moment of this Mubarak month. Something to keep hearing, keep listening to. keep reflecting upon because this is where the entire object of Ramadan has been described. If a person is aware of what is his objective in something, then it is possible to try and achieve it. But if he doesn't even realize what his objective is, then where is there going to be any chance that is going to be achieved in any way? It might be just a chance thing that something might work out. But by and large, if a person doesn't even know why he's in some place, what he has come there for, what he's supposed to be doing, then where is there any chance he's going to be able to do what he's supposed to do? Likewise, the Mubarak month of Ramadan, on the one side, this is a tremendously great month. The blessings of this Mubarak month are such that to just try to get some idea of it which doesn't really give any idea but just an idea that if the rest of the year the blessings that descend in that time the rest of the year also there's tremendous blessings in various times and occasions there's tremendous blessings that Allah Ta'ala sends down on the earth and every night the last one third portion of the night Allah Ta'ala's special blessings descend so this too is no minor thing there's tremendous blessings come throughout the year But all those blessings put together on one side and the blessings that come down in the month of Ramadan on the other side, we can ex- the comparison is like a drop compared to the ocean. That one drop, this is the rest of the year and the ocean in the month of Ramadan. Now, Subhanallah, such a great and such a Mubarak month. After all, Rasulullah himself described it as قَدْ أَظَلَّكُمْ شَهْرٌ عَظِيمٌ Shahrun Mubarak when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam addressed the sahaba ikram on the eve of Ramadan he said to them a very great month has come upon you a very Mubarak month a very blessed month this word is very common we understand the word we use it somebody gets married we give him dua of barakat somebody is opening a shop or he's getting into some job we give him dua of barakat on all occasions after eating before eating this dua of barakat so there's dua of barakat everywhere 
here Rasulullah sallallahu described this month as Mubarak, filled with barakat. We are all the time desirous of this barakat. This is a month of barakat that has come. Our minds sometimes just get confined to a very, very limited understanding of barakat. That barakat in a person's material possessions, in a person's livelihood. So indeed barakat in that too is something that we should be aspiring for. Rather than aspiring for the numbers, we should be aspiring more for the barakat in it. And the barakat comes when that livelihood, that risk, that sustenance, that earnings have been earned in a way that pleases Allah Ta'ala, have been earned with the right intention and in the right manner, then there will be barakat and the intention of how it will be used is correct as well. So then there will be tremendous barakat in it. So that too is barakat, but Rasulullah in this hadith sharif said, قَدْ أَضَلَّكُمْ شَهْرٌ عَظِيمٌ شَهْرٌ مُبَارَكٌ the greater barakat that is being referred to here is the barakat that this is a time where if a person just pays some little attention, he just applies himself a little bit, just brings himself onto the objective of this Mubarak month, makes an effort to acquire that, then the barakat of this month is such that it will fill his heart with the nur of iman and it will fill his life with the amal of deen. And if he spends this one month in a proper manner, he spends this one month in the way that Allah Ta'ala wants him to spend it, trying to achieve the objective of this month, then the barakat of this one month is such, this is the barakat, shahrun mubarak, that this one month spent properly, this one month spent in a'mal, the barakat of it is such that it will impact tremendously on the rest of the year, and inshallah, the person will spend the rest of the year in a similar manner. How he spend the month of Ramadan? If he spend the month of Ramadan lazing around, then the problem is that he's going to most likely laze around to a greater extent the rest of the year. If in the month of Ramadan, he found it a mission to wake up from his bed and come for Fajr Salah because he slept away after Sahri, then Allah forbid this might become the thing that will perpetuate after Ramadan. It might get worse. It might become qaza. If in the month of Ramadan he found that tarawi, Allah forbid that this is too much for me, I'm going to cut corners somewhere. And Allah forbid he'll cut corners with his isha salah after Ramadan as well. So this Mubarak month of Ramadan, this is the barakat. That a person who has applied himself correctly, he has been striving. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa didn't just, whereas his entire year, was filled with amal. Throughout the year, his night was filled with ibadat. His day was filled with the effort of deen. And he was all the time involved in calling the servants of Allah Taala to Allah Taala. And his whole day and night was with this. Despite all this, when the month of Ramadan would come, his striving would increase. Can you imagine? that What was Rasulullah striving throughout the year? And yet that too will increase in the, la, in the month of Ramadan, and we get even more in the last 10 days of Ramadan. So now this is the matter for us to reflect on, that how much have we been striving in this Mubarak month? One is just going along with the motions, mashallah we are fasting, that is Allah Ta'ala's great blessing, that is Allah Ta'ala's ni'mat, alhamdulillah, that too is a very great thing, this is a farz and a compulsion that Allah Ta'ala has placed upon His servants, and a person fulfilling this, 
is a great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. But there's much more to do with the fasting. The fasting is compulsory, but together with that, if you look into the life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, how he spent his Ramadan, what encouragement he gave, the lives of the Sahaba Kiram, how they exerted themselves, how much of tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif used to be made in this Mubarak month by all the pious predecessors. In so many incidents you'll find one khatam of the Qur'an Sharif daily. This was a very common thing in the pious predecessors. One khatam of the Qur'an Sharif daily. And you'll find many who used to make one khatam during the day and one khatam at night. Imam Ahmad bin Hammal rahimahullah. Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah. 61 khatams used to make in the month of Ramadan. One at night, one in the day, and the one was in Taraweeh Salah. So this was striving. It was exerting oneself because they understood what blessings are there to take in this Mubarak month. So Allah Ta'ala has opened the doors of His Rahmat. Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala in this month of Ramadan, غُلِّقَتْ فُتِّحَتْ أَبْوَابُ الْجَنَّةِ وَغُلِّقَتْ أَبْوَابُ النَّارِ وَسُفِّذَتِ الشَّيَاطِينَ Rasulullah says, Allah Ta'ala has made this such a Mubarak time that the doors of Jannah have been opened out. So obviously the blessings of Jannah are pouring out. And the doors of Jahannam have been closed. And the shayateen have been chained to make it conducive for the servants of Allah Ta'ala to come back to Allah Ta'ala. Now all these blessings are there for us to take, to take the maximum in terms of the amal, in terms of the righteous actions. Every nafil a person performs, rewarded with the reward of one farz, every farz multiplied 70 times. The person who deprives himself of this is truly really deprived. Where this is pouring down in torrents and a person keeps his vessel away. The Niagara Falls, it is stated about the Niagara Falls that in one section of the falls alone, there's more than 3 million liters of water that flows over that point. Every second, 3 million liters of water, Allah Ta'ala's qudrat, that Allah Ta'ala causes 3 million liters of water to flow not every hour, every second. But now even under that Niagara Falls, where 3 million liters of water are flowing, forget every hour, forget every day and every hour, every second. But even there, if a person goes with one small little cup, but he keeps it upside down, there won't be one drop inside. After one hour also he'll pick it up with three million liters of water flowing every second but that cup will be as dry as ever because he got it upside down. But if he turns it right side up he turns a whole huge tank under a dripping tap but it's right side up. If it's right side up sooner or later that too one day will get filled. Here it's not a dripping tap and what's Niagara Falls? Niagara Falls is also less than a dripping tap compared to the showers of rahmat that Allah Ta'ala descends down in this Mubarak month. But we have to keep our vessels of our hearts upright. We have to want to take it. وَمَنْ أَرَادَ الْآخِرَةَ وَسَعَى لَهَا سَعْيَهَا وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ فَأُولَٰئِكَ كَانَ سَعْيُهُمْ مَشْكُورًا Allah Ta'ala says, the one who intends the hereafter, he wants to get close to Allah Ta'ala. This is his intention, his zeal, his enthusiasm. He's not just casual about it. There is that burning desire within him. That I want to get close to my Allah. I want to connect myself to Allah. There is that irada and that zeal, that enthusiasm, that intention. And then he has the intention to do something, but then he sleeps the whole day. person has the intention to become a very big uh, successful businessman, 
But the whole day he's sleeping, he's taking holidays all the time. So where his intention is genuine, who's going to say his intention is genuine? Doesn't pay attention to any of the work required. When a person has that intention that he wants to now really make the business prosper and thrive, then you'll see him working overtime. When the person now has got a sale on, then you'll see him working long after hours. And at that time he cuts out all the other frills and fancies, all the leisures and pleasures. And he is having his meal also very, very quickly in no time. Just a very basic thing. He says, we'll eat later. And somebody tries to come and invite him to some kind of leisure and comfort and some braai or whatever. He says, this is not the time for it. That is afterwards. This is season time now. Now the business is at its peak. This is the time to maximize the profits. So at this time, don't come and talk to me about all these things. So we understand this concept very well when it comes to dunya, when it comes to maximizing profits, when it comes to making the business thrive, that a person who has that intention to maximize the profits, to achieve that success of that business, then he makes a proportionate effort, not just any effort. Allah Ta'ala also says, Aman arad al-akhira wa sa'alaha sa'yaha. And he makes a proportionate effort. Person making a half-hearted effort in that business doesn't reach the goal that he is setting out for himself. He makes the proportionate effort. And that proportionate effort is he's working overtime. He's working after hours. He's bringing work home also. Because now he has a target in front of him. He has to reach the target. Allah Ta'ala is saying the person whose target is akhirat. Aman arad al-akhira. Wa sa'alaha sa'yaha. And he has made the proportionate effort. Wa huwa mu'min. And that iman is flowing in everything. This is a precondition. They are the ones who their effort will be most appreciated by Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. When Allah Ta'ala appreciates something, Allah is most appreciative, then Allah Ta'ala rewards abundantly. Then Allah Ta'ala fills that heart. Allah Ta'ala connects that heart to Himself. Now, this is the object of Ramadan to connect ourselves to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. This is what this month of Ramadan is all about, which Allah Ta'ala has Himself described. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, kutiba alaykum usiyam, kama kutiba alaladheena min qablikum, la'allakum tattaqoon. This la'allakum tattaqoon, this fasting has been prescribed upon you, like it was prescribed upon those before you, so that you may acquire taqwa. All the ibadat, mashallah, and the tremendous rewards, and the thawab that we should be trying to achieve, all that is in its place, it will be an extremely deprived person who decides, let me relax now, take it easy, I don't need to do too much, I can do much more, but let it be. That person is totally depriving himself, he should be exerting himself to acquire the maximum, spending time in nawafil salah, maximizing tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, tasbihat, time for dua, time for other amal, this should be maximized. But all that in its place, the object of Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala has described in this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. That Allah Ta'ala has declared that this month of Ramadan, the purpose of this Mubarak month, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So that you acquire taqwa. This is the object. If a person, for example, wanted to build a window, what was the purpose of the window? Because the room was dark. He needed to bring in some light. So now this was the purpose of building that window. So mashallah, he went and built a window. And then he opened the windows, because that window will also have some openers as well. So he opened the windows, some fresh breeze was coming in as well. But unfortunately, he went and built it in such an angle, 
that still the light wasn't coming in. Because he didn't build it, build it where it should be, the point where it should be. So when he built the window, he got, mashallah, some benefit out of it. The breeze came in. The breeze, mashallah, is comforting him to a point. But his objective was to bring light in. That particular window, the objective was to bring light in. The light didn't come. He says this objective wasn't achieved. Likewise, the month of Ramadan, mashallah, the breeze of thawab and rewards, Allah Ta'ala has opened it out. It's gushing and it's blowing at full force. But the person has to present himself to take it. He has to open the openers. So it's there, it's ready, it's blowing at a full speed. That a person now just needs to open the openers of his amal, start getting engaged in ibadat, taking the time to engage in tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, engaging in some nafil salah. He is waking up for tahajjud, for sahri, so that's the time of tahajjud. So to spend a few more minutes, 10 minutes more, just wake up 15-20 minutes earlier, spend 15-10-15 minutes in tahajjud salah, the most greatest time of dua is at the time of tahajjud, to take benefit out of this time, person normally, or many a person, other times of the year finds it difficult, this is the time we are awake, all it requires is just a little bit of adjustment, and to take the tremendous benefits of tahajjud as well, so this is a time when everything is flowing, all it requires is to open the openers, but the point is that what is the objective of, month, of the month of Ramadan? To bring in the light of taqwa. So now, mashallah, the person opened the openers, but he didn't bring in the light. He says the objective hasn't been achieved. The object must be achieved. That is, the month of Ramadan is for taqwa. What is this taqwa all about? To understand this taqwa through a very simple example, one incident in the time of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala he was patrolling, which was his common uh, procedure and his, his ma'amul, his practice, that at night he would patrol himself, being the Amirul Mu'mineen, to just see everything is in order, what's going on, what needs to be addressed. And as he's passing one house, mud walls, and the wall of the house and the road is just, that's where, where the wall is, where the road is. And mud walls, the sound travels out easily, and he can overhear a conversation. And the conversation is between a mother and daughter. And the mother was apparently testing the daughter out. They had milked their camel or goat, whatever it might have been. And that milk was to be sold the next day to earn some profit, to earn something. So now the mother is saying to the daughter that you have this milk, for example, five liters of milk. So now just add some water to it. Add another liter of water. So now if five liters in our for our example purposes, is going to be 10 rand each, a litre, 10 rand a litre, so you get 50 rands for this 5 litres. Now you add one more litre of water in it. So now it will be 6 litres, you'll get 60 rands. So this young daughter is saying, in reply to this, that Amirul Mu'mineen has forbidden this. This is deception. Because you are selling it as milk, whereas it's now adulterated with water. Amirul Mu'mineen has forbidden this. So the mother responds that it's late at night now. Where's Amirul Mu'minin to see now what's going on? Amirul Mu'minin is not here. Yes, he has forbidden this practice, but he's not here. Now she's testing what is the level of this child. He's a growing up girl and she needs to be growing up with the right values. So when the mother puts this as a, as a response that Amirul Mu'minin is not here, her response to that is, Amirul Mu'mineen is not here, 
Amirul Mu'mineen is not watching what's going on, but the Rabb of Amirul Mu'mineen is watching what's happening. Allah Ta'ala is aware. If Amirul Mu'mineen is not watching, what difference it makes? Allah is aware. That is what this month of Ramadan has come to give us. The month of Ramadan has come for this very same aspect. That this becomes inculcated deep down in our hearts. As Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala made note of that house. And later on in time, he sent the proposal for his son. For that girl in marriage. And it was in their progeny that the great khalif of his time, Umar ibn Abdul Aziz rahimahullah, who was known as the fifth khalif, the fifth of the Khulafai Rashidin, he was born out of this kind of pious parents. But the point and the lesson again, that in that young age, on the spot, no time given to think about it, but what was deep down in the heart that came out. Deep down in the heart was taqwa. And when this taqwa in the heart, deep down in the recesses of the heart, so while the amal, mashallah, being performed, amal, amal are performed physically. Taqwa is not a physical action. Taqwa is a condition of the heart. And the condition of the heart, if it's with taqwa, that will govern how the actions are done. Even in Ramadan, then a person will fulfill the righteous actions. And if the heart is not filled with taqwa, even in the month of Ramadan, a person will destroy his fast with ghibat, with obscene talk, with looking at haram, with doing all kinds of sinful things, due to which even that fast and the thawab that he was supposed to have been achieving and the reward that he was supposed to be maximizing, even that will be lost. Hence Rasulullah has cautioned us, مَلَّمْ يَدَعَ قَوْلَ الزُّورِ The person doesn't give up lying, person doesn't give up evil actions, practicing on wrong deception, then Allah Ta'ala has no need for him to be fasting. He's not fasting for Allah Ta'ala to benefit in some way. Allah Ta'ala doesn't benefit. He's fasting for his own benefit. To please Allah wa Ta'ala and receive the benefits of the fast himself. Now he destroyed it. On the one hand, taqwa wasn't achieved and the rewards of the fast also went away. The rewards of Ramadan, the torrents of rahmat and barakat, that too was lost. So this Mubarak month has been given to us to bring in this taqwa in our lives. Now this is that wealth of taqwa that we have to be reflecting now. How much has this come in me? How much have we become conscious of Allah Ta'ala? In this month of Ramadan, while I was fasting, was my tongue also fasting? MashaAllah, the stomach was fasting, which is the essence of the fast in the month of Ramadan. That a person not eat anything, not drink anything, and he will protect himself from fulfilling even the halal, carnal desires, which he is permitted at other times with his wife, that too he will not be engaging in during the time of the fast. So mashallah, that he observed. But was his tongue also fasting? Was his tongue fasting from backbiting? Was his tongue fasting from lying? Was his tongue fasting from obscene talk? Was his eyes fasting? All these days that passed, did our eyes fast? Did our eyes fast from looking at evil on our phones, on the internet, on whatever device, while we are out on the street, in our businesses and jobs, in our offices and wherever else? Was our eyes fasting? Our ears fasting? From listening to all kinds of evil, listening to music, listening to backbiting, listening to evil and obscene talk. That fast continues not just in the day, these fasts of the tongue, of the eyes, of the ears, it continues in the day, it continues at night as well. 
the fast of Ramadan, which Allah Ta'ala has made compulsory upon us from food and drink, etc. This is for the duration of the day, from Sahari time till Iftar time. But this fast continues 24-7. It continues 365 throughout the year. Now, if that fast also wasn't kept in Ramadan as well, what chance is there that that fast is going to be kept after Ramadan? Whereas that fast is for throughout the year. The fast of the eyes, the fast of the ears, the fast of the hands, it doesn't touch anything haram. The fast of the feet, it doesn't walk in the direction of anything haram. The fast of the heart, that this heart is not engaged in plotting and planning evil, how to deceive somebody and fantasizing all kinds of filth. This heart is engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Has the heart been fasting even in the month of Ramadan? Now, if these limbs and organs didn't start fasting in Ramadan itself and didn't observe the fast in this Mubarak time, then what chance is it going to be observing this fast the rest of the year? This is what the month of Ramadan has come to create this fast in all the limbs. That the eyes start fasting in reality, the ears start fasting, the hands and feet start fasting, the heart starts fasting. This is what we are supposed to be preparing for, focusing on. Many of us are already busy now, or in our homes is already that concern about Eid preparations. Whereas the reality of Eid is for the one who has spent his Ramadan correctly. The reality of Eid is for the one who has achieved taqwa. لَيْسَ الْعِيدُ لِمَنْ لَبِسَ الْجَدِيدِ إِنَّمَا الْعِيدُ لِمَنْ أَمِنَ مِنَ الْوَعِيدِ Hazrat Shaykh Abdul Qadir Jailani rahimahullah, these couplets are attributed to him. He says, Eid is not for the person who has worn new clothes. That is a sunnah of Eid. Indeed, a person should wear the best he has, not necessarily new. It doesn't have to be new. But the best clothing he has, wear it. That is a sunnah of Eid, provided it conforms to the requirements of Shariat and Haya. Otherwise, that too is a big problem. So, wearing good clothes in itself doesn't make it Eid. Eid in reality is for the person, Liman Amina Minal Wa'id. For that person who has gained safety from the warnings. What warning? What warning? The warning, to understand the one warning, which is directly related to the month of Ramadan, in the very famous Hadith Sharif, which is re- reported that Rasulullah wasallam came into the masjid, and he stood on the first mim- step of, of the member and said, Ameen. And then the second step, Ameen. The third step, Ameen. And then he came down, and the Sahaba inquired that we never saw this before. This is something we heard first time. What was this all about? Rasulullah explained, and of the three things he said, Jibisalatullah came, and he invoked three curses. And in one riwayat it is mentioned, he said to me, Qul Ameen, say Ameen. And Rasulullah said Ameen to it. Of the three aspects, that Jibisalatullah, who is invoking these curses, the greatest of all the angels. And obviously he didn't come on his own accord. He came because Allah Ta'ala sent him. And where is it happening? In the Masjid al-Nabawi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Which part of the Masjid? On the Mimbar Mubarak. And who's saying Ameen? The greatest of Allah Ta'ala's creation. Greater than Jibreel sallallahu alayhi as well. He's saying Ameen. And among the three aspects, one of the things Jibreel sallallahu alayhi mentioned, Ba'udha man adraka ramadana falam yukhfar lah. May that person be destroyed. Who Ramadan came and he failed to gain his maghfirat and forgiveness. Why he failed to gain it? He never even bothered to make tawbah. He never even bothered to make sincere tawbah and repent and beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness. Beg Allah Ta'ala's mercy. 
big Allah Ta'ala's help, he was passing his time going through the motions and at the same time involving himself in sin. So he didn't gain his maghfirat. He didn't gain his forgiveness. Now can we imagine if that curse falls on somebody, what chance he has? Now that person for him is Eid in reality who's gained safety from this warning. That look, don't become a, a target or the victim of the curse of Jibreel sallallahu alayhi Because Allah Ta'ala treats this matter so seriously that such a tremendous opportunity was given to his servants. Such a great opportunity. The torrents of rahmat being showered down. Even the shayateen chained. Everything made so conducive. Such a tremendously great gift. Like somebody, we give him a gift, an expensive gift, and very, very expensive crystal bowl worth maybe 100,000 rands with studded with all kinds of whatever. And now the person passed by and he saw that person making that bowl, the potty for his child who's toilet training that little child. So he made that bowl the potty for the child. What will go through his heart and mind? He might not even talk to the person again in his life. He says, what an expensive gift. This was the appreciation. That is nothing compared to that disrespect that person showed. And that ingratitude that person showed. And every other description we can give for it is nothing compared to the ingratitude and the disrespect that is shown to the month of Ramadan. That Allah Ta'ala has blessed with such a great gift and a person shows no concern, he continues sinning, he's still looking at haram, he's still listening to haram, his heart is still engaged in haram. This is worse than what that person did. A million times worse. This is the time to now, we have this few days left. Allah knows best how much of our time is left. Whatever time has passed, that has already gone. We can't get that moment ever again, but we still have some time at hand. Allah, make it such that we make amends in this Mubarak time that's left, and we achieve that maghfirat from Allah wa ta'ala. We achieve the maximum in this Mubarak time. Inshallah, Allah will forgive our shortcomings in the time that has passed as well, and bless us with this Mubarak wealth, of, with this great wealth of taqwa. This is what now we need to stop. We need to stop committing sin. We need to make toba from all sin and bring taqwa in our hearts and become conscious of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'awana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alamin.